0: Hi, I'm Kelsey Harrison, and this is the Get Wild Podcast, where each episode, we dig into ways to reclaim your most wild and authentic self. Welcome to the Get Wild Podcast. I am Kelsey Harrison, and I'm here today with a awesome guest, and she is Jordana Lauren. She is a dating and mindset coach for women who want to ditch the frustration of dating, have more fun, get into a relationship they love, and she does it using mindset tools and techniques. She helps her clients rewire their brains to feel more empowered, confident, and badass in their dating lives. Um, Cool. Well, why don't you go ahead and give just like A little extra background, where you're from, any pivotal moments in your life, and how you got into this awesome coaching um, business that you have.
1: Yeah. Hi, guys. I'm Jordana. Thank you so much for having me on, Kelsey. This is so exciting. I am from Winnipeg, Manitoba in Canada, right in the middle of Canada. It's quite cold here right now. It's like minus 30. My car wouldn't start yesterday. We're doing good. (laughs) I started coaching uh, just in May of 2020. So it hasn't even quite been a year for me yet. And I found coaching through Carl Lowenthal's podcast. She's a a fairly well known life coach. um, And she just completely changed my life. I had cheated on my boyfriend about two and a half years ago and was in a very low place. I couldn't believe what I had done, I was feeling a lot of shame and a lot of frustration. Um my boyfriend and I ended up breaking up after 3 years together so I was feeling a little lost and then I found her podcast and it really kind of helped me take a 180 and refocus kind of in a new way and then I found life coaching I did my own personal growth for about 2 years and then I decided to start my own business Heck yeah
0: um I love it so did you So you found your own life coach for two years is what it sounds like.
1: Yeah. So I kind of jumped around and did a few different programs. Um, Carl Lowenthal has one called The Clutch. So I did that. I did self-coaching scholars through the life coach school. I followed a couple other. I hired my own one-on-one coach. I really was kind of (laughs) consuming as much as I could for (laughs) that two-year process. And then um, actually, it wasn't until I met Jackie through self-coaching scholars Jackie is our mutual one-on-one coach, or has been at least in the past. Um, I think she's your best friend, isn't she?
0: She's she. We are very good friends. Yeah, yeah we've. <laughs> um,
1: she like was my manager and
0: uh, taught me pretty much so much of what I know about yoga. And then um, our relationships in Charleston it spiraled, and we became super close friends. And then um, our lives lead pretty funny parallel. Uh, yeah. Really parallel lives, so it's a it's a good thing. But yeah. she's she's incredible.
1: Yeah, she's awesome. So she was actually coaching me in self coaching scholars. We just get these twenty minute um, coaching sessions per week, and I showed up to the call not even having anything I want to coaching on. It was like one of my last ones, I think, before I finished the program, and I was just like, I don't know what I want coaching on. And then she just started asking me questions, and I was like, Yeah, I want to like start my own business eventually. And she's like, well, Why don't you just start it? <laughs> and I was like, that, what? That sounds, sounds about right. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah, just start. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I did.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. So, you started in, your own business in May of 2020,
1: and, um, do you have like a full-time job at the same time right now or what does that look like? Yeah, I'm doing coaching part-time and then I work for a local nonprofit here in Winnipeg part-time. Um, the nonprofit's called U-Turn Parkinson's. It's essentially a wellness center for people with Parkinson's. It was founded by my dad, which is why I got involved. So I do fundraising and grant writing and all that kind of thing, bringing money in so that we can keep running. Um, so I do that about 20 hours a week and then I'm just coaching as well. Heck yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And to
0: we're gonna loop back to uh your your cheating thing yeah, that you mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and you have a you have a partner, a boyfriend now, right? You're in an awesome relationship yes. is my
1: understanding. Yes, I do. Yeah, my partner's name is Chris. We've been together for about a year and four or five months now. And yeah, cool. it's it's I was someone who always thought that I had to kind of fit into a certain box to be in a relationship. I strongly believed that I wasn't going to ever find someone that I could just show up and be exactly who I am with. And it took a lot of work to kind of undo that belief. But it is so freeing being in a relationship where you just get to show up and just be yourself. And the other person loves you and you get to love that person. And so that's honestly, that's why I I am so passionate about what I do is because I finally found something that feels just easy and good and I want that for everyone.
0: Yeah. What what sort of a box were you trying to fit yourself into?
1: Yeah, I just it was mostly just people pleasing. I I grew up um fairly Christian and so my parents passed down certain values um to me which I am very grateful for and I have I have no problems with. However, finding my own place in the world and finding what I agree with and what I disagree with. I've always dated non-Christian guys, um, which is what I've always wanted to do. However, their beliefs versus my family's beliefs was always something that was very conflicting to me. So in, in that sense, I was always kind of, I felt like I was at battle with where do I fit in? How do I take some pieces of how I was raised, but create a new identity and how do I be honest to everyone about it? That was probably one of the biggest struggles.
0: That's, that's interesting. So I, uh, I also was raised super Christian and like growing up was like, you should date in the church. You should marry in the church. Um, and also same thing, a lot of beliefs I grew up with that I'm grateful for not all that I, you know, carry. I actually don't go to church anymore. Really. Sometimes I'll watch sermons or something, but now I consider myself more like spiritual than religious. Yes. Um, Yeah. And, but it's funny. And, and I often found myself also dating guys who were not like within the church. Um, And that doesn't mean they aren't spiritual. They just were not within the church. Um, Yeah. So that, I I totally feel you on that one. Yeah.
1: I, that's where I've kind of landed as well. I've, I've really come to appreciate what I've been taught growing up, but I feel like there's some things that I don't agree with and, and some things that are missing. And so now I just, I would, I would say the exact same thing. Like I am very spiritual. I I will always hold certain beliefs, but mm-hmm. yeah. Finding exactly where feels true and honest for you is so important.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, so I want to talk about, I actually had written down the word shame before we even got on the call because I know you've been super open on social media about, you know, you cheated on your ex-boyfriend and how you dealt with that shame and how you obviously like no longer carry that deep shame about it because you're using it as a tool to help others. Um, Can you just like elaborate a little more on like the process of all of that and what you felt while you were in the moment and how you got yourself out of it? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I love talking about shame now because (laughs) I think just like Seeing where I was and seeing where I am now is so unbelievable. So I love talking about it. So essentially, like I said, I had grown up very Christian. And so when I was in that three-year relationship, um, I was unhappy for... Lots of different reasons, none of which had anything to do with the person I was dating. He was really great and honestly just got caught up in a bad situation, unfortunately. And I wasn't able to be honest with him or with myself, uh, with my family. I was really just lying to everybody. And so at the end of that relationship, I ended up cheating because I I needed a way out and I didn't feel like I could leave. So I made that decision um, from feeling very trapped, even though I wasn't. Um, I, like the trapped piece comes from me thinking I was trapped, not actually physically being trapped in that relationship. <laughs> um, but I thought that I was trapped. I really didn't know how to leave. I didn't feel like I could leave. I didn't know the best way to leave. I was really worried about hurting him and hurting his family, um, disappointing my parents even further. So then I just made the really good decision to, tra- <laughs> to cheat and make everyone super <laughs> happy with me. Um. And then after I cheated, I was just, it was like overwhelming shame. I was this Christian girl who had grown up with all these values and morals. And I was not someone who was supposed to have cheated on her boyfriend. I couldn't wrap my head around how did I let this happen? How did I make such a bad mistake? How could I have hurt so many people? Um, Like obviously his family knew, my family knew. Um, I'm, I was, always been a fairly open person I don't like to keep things inside so I I was telling some friends and whatnot and I just felt like I don't know how I'm ever going to get through this I don't know how I'm ever going to be able to trust myself again to get into another relationship where I know I'm not going to make the same mistake that was a big thing I was like no one's ever going to trust me I'm not going to trust myself um so that's really where I was at in that moment. I was working a gardening job actually for the summer. So I was <laughs> spending like eight hours a day just gardening and listening to podcasts and listening to music. And that's when I found Carl Lowenthal. And she actually has a podcast called Shame. Uh, I can't remember, but it's one of her earlier ones. So if you want to listen to it, just scroll back. I think it's like 16 or 19 or something on her um, Carl okay. Lowenthal Unfuck Your Brain. Great podcast, great episode. So I started listening to that episode and basically what she says is that shame is an emotion caused by what you're thinking. And shame is when we believe that we as a person are bad. So there's guilt and guilt is thinking, okay, I did something wrong. Like I punched someone in the face and now I feel guilty about it. (laughs) Shame is more you as a person, you as an entire whole being are wrong. Something is wrong with you. Something's not right. Um, and usually, if you're feeling shame, there's kind of no hope of fixing, right? You're you're a little bit lost, for lack of a better word. Everything's kind of murky, and that's kind of how I felt. I just felt like I don't I don't see a way out. I don't see kind of how to solve this. Were you, were you spiraling almost? I was spiraling in the sense that I was um, just going really inward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely spiraled a little bit after the like in the in the coming months afterwards just in dating people who sucked um (laughs) not really knowing kind of what I deserved or the kind of person I wanted to be with that for sure came that was all a part of my like two-year journey I basically dated constantly for a year where just like every week like it was like so yeah when you say spiral but definitely spiral now that I'm thinking about it I was like yes (laughs) I was spiraling when, when you were seeing that
0: people was that like an intentional I'm going to do this to get out of this shame cycle like a life coach suggested it to you or was it a search for uh, validation or you know trying to figure out if you can trust yourself again that kind of yeah
1: thing? so where it really started so sorry back to that uh, podcast with Kara. the first thing that was really like pivotal and eye-opening for me was that she said that your thoughts create your feelings and so for the first time Mm -hmm. in my life, I was like, oh, what do I think about myself? And then I started noticing, like, what am I thinking about myself? And it was all of these terrible thoughts. Like, you're never going to be good enough. Your parents are always going to be disappointed because you're the black sheep of the family, like that kind of thing. And I was like, okay, makes sense. Like, (laughs) it makes sense why I'm feeling such intense shame. So the process of letting that go was really, I mean, it's honestly, it's still something that I practice letting go of. But that was something that I worked with different coaches to let go and kind of move out of. And then as I was doing that, it was more of a personal decision. Like it was a bit of an identity crisis. Honestly, I came out of that relationship and I was like, I don't know who I am. I don't know who I want to be. I don't know who I want to be with. I don't like, I was in school. I dropped out of school for a bit. I wanted to go traveling, but I had debt and I just like couldn't. So I felt stuck at home. So it was really like my dating constantly and all the time was really just like a way for me to see what I wanted and see what I didn't want Mm -hmm. I mostly found out what I didn't want but there were some good eggs in there (laughs) (laughs) that's I
0: I love that I asked that question because when uh last year I or I guess 2019 yeah I keep forgetting it's 2021 um 2019 I did like Uh, what I was calling like rotational dating and I wouldn't go on a date with the same person in a row. Um, Like I'd have to have someone in between they're all like coffee dates. So very like innocent and fun. Um, And I went on 25 dates in like a month and a half um, just for fun, basically met so many cool people. And I actually kept like a Google sheet (laughs) (laughs) of kept track of them. um, And I just, yeah, I did it just to to meet people. So I wasn't sure if it was like, which was actually recommended to me by another life coach. Yeah. She wasn't my life coach. She was just a another you know, yoga teacher at my studio. And so I wasn't sure if you were doing it in a way that was like I'm being intentional about this to meet people, see what I like, see what I don't like, or if it was like searching for something else. Honestly, you know?
1: I think it was a bit of both because i mm-hmm. I was I did have a three date rule, so I would. I would, you know, find someone on Bumble and then I would give them three in-person dates. And then by the end of the, th- the third <laughs> date, I forced myself to, um, like, ask the question of, do I want to commit to this person fully or am I just going to let it go? And that was actually really yeah. important for me because I was always someone who was just like, well, we'll see where it goes and, like, give people chances and, like, you never know and, like, whatever, whatever. But largely when i was doing that i was already lying to myself about what i wanted i found for the most part after those 3 dates like it was clear i was either very into them and wanted to see where it went or there was something that was just bothering me and i knew it was time to cut it off
0: yeah i like that three dating rule three date rule i i also had like rules like which i like you're not allowed to ghost anyone you have to re- tell everyone how you feel yeah. and be super upfront about things. Um, and, you know, if people ask me if I was seeing anyone else, I was always like, yeah, I'm dating a whole bunch of people. Like, um, <laughs> and yeah, so for me, I definitely had rules for myself as well, which is good because otherwise dating gets messy and, and your feelings get hurt and you get attached and um, you're not evaluating yes. things, which I think is super yes, important.
1: Yes, I 100% agree. That's honestly something I work mostly with my clients on is how to get clear about what you're looking for and then moving through people as you're dating. Like if you really like someone, but it's been like, you know, like a month or two of dating, it's like, okay, well, where's this going? We need to make some decisions here. We need to evaluate what's working and what's not working.
0: Absolutely. So with, you know, you were in this relationship for three years and you cheated on your boyfriend at the time. Um, And you had all this shame of, you know, letting other people down. How did everyone else outside of you actually react? Like, how did your friends and family react to what happened and respond? Were they like, was the shame totally self-imposed? Or was there like that disappointment feeling elsewhere?
1: Yeah, my shame has always been self-imposed. Largely, anyway, I would say 90%. um my family just loved me so hard after that they I well I was living at home still so yeah it was living at home I remember my cousin and her husband brought me over flowers in this little care package like the day after like everyone really just like came around and just like loved me I'm honestly crying right now like I just like thinking of this was like my family was so great <laughs> um and even my friends i was pretty like i've i've always been a little introverted so i i think i told maybe 3 or 4 close friends who i knew kind of would understand and i yeah so i talked to them and all of all of the friends that i told were very understanding and and fine um i didn't really start talking about it publicly until i started my business but then as soon as i started my business i was like i'm telling absolutely everyone this story because for two reasons one i think I think cheating has um, a bad rap, but for the wrong reason. Like, obviously I don't agree with cheating. I don't think it's okay, but there's always so much more going on underneath the surface that nobody really thinks about. At least I feel like no one really thinks about. And so that doesn't mean that people should stay with a cheater or that we should give second chances. But I think it does really, I think sharing my story, hopefully goes to show that like, Someone's mental health, I think, is more important than their actions. And for me in that moment, like I needed therapy, and then I needed coaching. And without those things, I wouldn't have changed. I wouldn't have become a better person. I wouldn't have decided to be different. I would have just probably kept going on that cycle because I wouldn't have gotten the help that I needed.
0: Absolutely. I completely agree because I I definitely think there are some people who are just not good people and they cheat to cheat, not because of, I mean, there's obviously other reasons behind it, but they, they do it like chronically. Um, And then there's people like you who, and so many others who feel trapped or stuck or they're not getting something or they're not feeling heard in their relationships. And if they get to a point of like, you can be like the best, goodest person and make a mistake because you're feeling pushed to an edge to do something dramatic, to get what you want or to get what you think you need in that moment.
1: Yeah. 100%.
0: So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely, there's definitely so many more layers to it than that. Um, And you also mentioned like trying to learn how to trust yourself again. Um, And like what, what it helped, was it mainly the life coaching that helped you to learn to trust yourself again and sorting through why you did it and, going through that process or how did you learn to trust yeah, yourself? Again?
1: So for me, it was really coming to terms with who I wanted to be and, and being honest about that. So um, I also stopped going to church because I just felt like I, I wasn't myself when I was there. or I, I, I didn't feel like I could show up come, uh, fully as myself. Um, so I stopped going mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm kind of the same as you. Like I will watch and I, and I, get a lot out of sermons here and there and i think i'll always be that way like i i have loved the way i've grown up and i i love aspects of the church but i think it will always be on and off so learning to trust myself essentially was just um learning to recognize when i felt most myself when i was allowing myself to be just who i was what spaces what kind of people what friend groups, like that kind of thing. I really just started analyzing my life and kind of noticing when I felt comfortable. I moved out on my own. I've I've lived alone for two years now, about, um, just to give myself space to do that without outside opinion. And I really just, like, every day I challenged myself, like, where am I being honest about what I want? From what I want to eat to what I want to do to the people I want to be around to the people I want to date. Like, I just started looking at every aspect of my life to to check in and see am I being honest and that alone kind of has helped me um, know that I'm not going to make that mistake again because I don't date people that I have to lie to myself or them <laughs> to I, I haven't allowed myself to date someone that I can't just be fully honest with and I think that's what's going to make the difference
0: yeah so when you were going through this like sounds like like brutal honesty right of who you are and what you want um were you shedding did you shed like layers of yourself or friends and and different activities or hobbies that you thought were serving you that weren't serving you
1: um not so much friends um that's a good question now I have to kind of think about it I've kept the same friends for the most part (laughs) um Over time, like I've, I've quit the restaurant industry. That was just not serving me whatsoever. Um, I still would bartend here and there if I found a good healthy place. I don't know if you ever worked in the restaurant industry, but it's not super great here. (laughs) Yes, I have. Um, I had a
0: pretty good experience, but there's, I had like, I was served, so I wasn't bartending. And I know that's totally different. Um, And the restaurant I served at was Pretty much all elderly oh, yeah. <laughs> people came in. So they were yeah, they're all just like sweet old, old couples. Um or and so like it was definitely like a, a good environment, but I know most are not like that. And I've served at other places where the co workers were it's more of like a competition than yeah. anything yeah, else.
1: Exactly. Yeah, so I haven't really like made any huge changes other than I moved out of my parents' house, which was very helpful for just creating the space that I needed um, to kind of think (laughs) on my own. Um, Mm -hmm. I did a little bit of traveling. I really questioned kind of the jobs that I wanted to work in, like I said. And then I really questioned like my involvement with the church and how I wanted to show up there. That's probably the biggest, the biggest shift that happened. That's awesome.
0: So in regards to your business, um, Most of your clients, what is like the number one, like self-limiting belief obstacle or issue that you see, and you can have a couple, um, but that you see within them and that you often work through as a dating life coach? So
1: one of the biggest ones for sure is thinking that you're not going to get everything that you want. I think especially women were told, you know, we have to settle and don't be too demanding and don't, I don't know, like like, I guess I'm trying to like think of the words, but like, be thankful for what you can get. Like, it's really that kind of attitude.
0: Yeah. I actually always think about this quote, which I do think is true to an extent, but it's something that's ingrained in us in another way of just like, you know, one person can't be your everything. They can't be your workout partner, cook, your dancing partner, and all the things, uh, which I think is true to an extent. But It is pushed so hard to accept less, to accept like not getting a text back or to accept people ignoring us or blowing us off and that it's okay because they're boys and it's what they do.
1: Like there's there's two sides to that, as you just said. Like there's the one side, which I think is important. Like how I do this with my clients is we'll write out their non-negotiables and then we'll write out the preferences. So the non-negotiables are things like, do you Mm want to be married? Do you want kids? Um, where do you want to live? Do you want someone who, um, it like is angry sometimes like those kind of things? Like what are the non-negotiables for you in your relationship that like have to be there in order for you to date someone? Those are the ones that you can have everything that you want. If you want someone to text you every day, you can find Mm -hmm. someone who's going to text you every day. If you want someone who's attractive, you can find someone who's attractive someone who lives in your city like you can find someone who will live in your city or who already does like those kind of things and then there's the preferences and the preferences are like someone who um I prefer someone taller or someone shorter or someone who likes the same shows as me or has the same humor as me like it it depends on the person right like you can have a non-negotiable about humor maybe um or for someone else it might be just a preference but we get really specific on that so that when you're dating, if someone isn't communicating the way that you want them to communicate, you just know it's a non-negotiable and you can move on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I did this as well. I created like my bar, my standard of non-negotiables and like one of mine, which is not for most girls or people is like must yeah. love yoga, like has to love yoga, not just like, yeah, sure, I'll do it with you. but has to like understand why it's life changing and and why I do it. And because my last boyfriend who was an incredible human being didn't get it. And, you know, he made a great, had a great job, made a lot of money and would be like, yeah, you can do your little, just do your little yoga thing. Not, and didn't, didn't mean it in a way that was bad, but never came to my classes or understood how it impacted me and how I was impacting others. So like, it totally is, like person to person, like what is important to you? Because most other people would be like, I don't care if they come to yoga class with me or not. That's
1: the biggest thing is that there is no rule book. There are no like standards. Like you just get to decide like what is going to be best for you and what do you want? (laughs) And we spend a lot of time on that because a lot of people struggle just to even write it out. Like, I don't know what I want. I've never thought about it or I've never thought about it in this much depth. I think it's so helpful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And then um, is it
0: hard for people? Do you, do you feel to stick to that? Like, cause they'll get yes. caught up in yeah, a whirlwind of emotions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we write the list very early on, like first or second session together. And then from there, like if they're wanting to date regularly, um, then we, every time they meet someone, we evaluate the list. And like, obviously, you know, you don't, you might not know if someone wants to be married after your first date, but we evaluate ongoing. And then I help my clients set their own rules too, based on what works for them. Um, I suggest the three date rule because that's what works for me. But some of my clients choose four dates. Some of them choose a month. Like it doesn't really matter, but we set kind of clear markers where we can look back and then evaluate and say, okay, this is what we said we wanted. This is what we're working with where are we at? What's happening in our brain? What are we thinking? How are we feeling? And then we move from there.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Um, are there any other major obstacles that you see with people when they are going through this? Um, or like, there's a lot of past stuff come up, uh, past relationships and past?
1: Yeah, traumas for sure. or so hardships I think the other up? big thing is feeling like they don't deserve someone good. So it's not just finding someone that we'll check all their boxes, but also believing that like, I am a good person. I deserve to be with a good person. Um, also kind of related to that is like you said, like things that have happened in their past and how it relates to their future. So one of the things that we really work on is kind of, you have your past story, right? Like I did, for example, I'll just use myself as an example. So my past story was Mm -hmm. that, um, I wasn't able to be honest. I wasn't going to ever date someone who I could be myself with. Um, I always had to settle and that was me being the best version of me. Like I thought that that was kind. Like I thought that like fitting into my ex-boyfriend's life was nice. Like I thought that's what I was supposed to do. (laughs) It wasn't, but anyway, that was my last, that was my past story. So we get really clear on like, what, what were you thinking then? How were you feeling? Why did you make the decisions that you made? Just so that we can look at it from kind of a more neutral place um, and see, okay, that's what I was creating because of this mindset or this um, this is how I was feeling. And then we kind of look at where we are now. Okay, this is what we think. This is what we feel. This is where we are currently today. Where do we want to go? What do we have to think, feel, do in order to get there? So I hope this makes sense. But like looking, <laughs> looking at like... It does how your past story influenced your results, and then rewriting a story about your past and about your future to create something new. So now when I look to my past, I tell the story more like I was someone who has always been very true to herself in that I question constantly, what am I thinking, what am I feeling? I didn't always have the tools that I needed to see, oh, my thoughts create my shame. But I've always been someone who is analyzing and questioning and wondering and thinking outside the box. And that's what led me to getting here. I've always also been someone who loves really deeply. I really loved my boyfriend. I really loved my family. I didn't want to let anyone down. And I made some mistakes within there. But how I look at that now is I really loved everyone. And I was just trying to do the best with the tools that I had at the time. I made a mistake. And then I learned. And then now I'm moving forward. So when I look back, I'm not... I've, I've turned the story into something that serves me, that's empowering. And that, and that kind of, um, lifts up past Jordana. Like I'm thankful for her. I'm thankful for her, not giving up. I'm thankful for her fighting and crying all the time and figuring it out. And then now that I can see that now, what do I want to create for my future? Well, I know that I'm, I know that I love hard. I know that I really care. I know that I'm really good at analyzing and thinking outside the box and processing, how can I use those things to create a future? And that's the same thing that I would do with my clients. So if they have um, certain traumas, I don't work with all traumas just because I'm not qualified. So certain things that might've happened in your, in your past or just bad breakups in general, like we rewrite those stories so that they can come from a more empowered and helpful place, not always positive, just helpful, So that we can write rewrite a new story for the future yeah i
0: love that um and i think it's so important and also so interesting as to like why people stay in certain relationships when they don't want to be in them anymore and like i was as i was listening to you i was relating a little bit um uh not in the sense of like I, i cheated but i was like deeply un- unhappy for like over a year in my last relationships. And it had nothing to do with like, he wasn't a bad guy. He was in fact a wonderful guy and so kind, so good, so giving and loving. And that was like kind of the problem. Like I always have been like, I wish it was mm-hmm. easier to get out of this because there's nothing wrong at all. I'm just not happy. I'm just not fulfilled. I'm not seeing feel not feeling I'm not feeling seen or heard. And then, but looking back was like, I do, I love really freaking hard too. And so, and I loved his family and I loved him and I still do love him. And I, you know, loved the idea of us and the idea of our future, but I wasn't happy for over a year. And so when I got out of the relationship, you know, I, I, I was done and I was done for so long before then that for me to start dating was very easy. And for him, it was not. Um, And so definitely like recognizing like, I didn't do anything wrong by staying. I I just loved him and I didn't want to hurt him. And that's that's okay.
1: That's exactly it. And very much how I feel too. You said two super important things there that I want to point out. Number one, the only reason anyone ever needs to leave a relationship can just be that you're unhappy and I feel like a lot of men and women are in Mm -hmm. this position where they're dating someone really great like that was my experience too like my ex-boyfriend was awesome like he cared about me he loved me he was so committed to our future and that's largely why I stayed just like you did and I think a lot of other people are in that situation so really quick this is your permission All you need to do or all all that needs to happen for you to be able to leave a relationship is that you just need to recognize that you're unhappy. The second thing is that we are allowed to love people even if we're not dating them. And that was revolutionary for me. So I hope it's revolutionary for someone else. Love doesn't equal attachment. Like I am not attached to my ex-boyfriend. I don't want to get back together. I don't want to be with him. I wish him well and I love him on a very deep level
0: yeah yeah and on top of that and this is something I say to my friends who might be like struggling with trying to get away from a relationship is you can you yeah. can love someone you can also miss someone a ton and that doesn't oh, mean you're supposed yeah. to be with them I all. think
1: about my ex-boyfriend and our relationship and I just I focus on like all of the good things because that's what feels good for me like I I remember our relationship so fondly because we had so much fun and there was a lot of good times and like when you think about him, I think a lot of people worry that when you break up, you're never going to stop thinking about your ex. And it's like, it's partly true. Like they're going to be in your brain sometimes, but like when they pop into your brain, you can make it a nice experience. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, and I've actually like, since I am currently in an awesome relationship and, um, you know, since John, my partner and I have started, dating and seeing each other I've seen my ex-boyfriend and like John knows that we I because we moved from Charleston to Colorado in the middle of the quarantine pandemic and I had moved to Charleston with my ex so I Mm -hmm. wanted to say goodbye and do it in like a very like closure way saw him said goodbye Mm -hmm. said goodbye to my old dog and (laughs) yeah that was sad um and but it was it was nice because we just had such nice like free conversation Mm -hmm. about how much we cared and loved for each other but like from my side not in a romantic way like all I wanted was for him to find someone who would love him as much as he had loved me and to return it all in a healthy way um additionally we you know We just, we we were so different and he loves very hard. And so it was just, he also, we both do, but it was was very nice and freeing to just be like, I miss you and I love you, but we don't belong together and that's okay. And we get to stand here like on the beach and say goodbye. And it is innocent and pure and good and beautiful. And it doesn't have to be dramatic. It doesn't have to be, you know, a a bad ending it can be like a beautiful goodbye sort of thing and he made so many changes in his life after we broke up that he says that he never would have he would not be the person he is if I hadn't broken his heart in the first place yeah and he's grateful for it at the
1: absolute worst always gonna be probably I don't think they're ever gonna get easier but so much good can happen from a breakup too
0: yeah yep absolutely um So to start to wrap things up a little bit, um, I would love to know if there's like any other, but any other like pivotal moments that really turned you to chase your dreams and to live more authentically and vulnerably. And if the, you know, your two years of, self digging, which is a lot, um, is mainly it, then that's totally fine. If you have anything else you want to say on that, go for it. Um, Just kind of like some open space for you to share anything else on your Um, heart.
1: It's kind of been just a constant, (laughs) a constant, like opening and discovering. But I think I've always, like kind of what led me to Mm -hmm. my business, I'll talk a little bit more about my business is I've never wanted to be an employee. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I think it took me a long time to figure that out. It literally took Jackie telling me, hey, just start a business for me to be like, oh yeah, (laughs) I could do that. And now that I'm here, I'm just like, (laughs) this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm like, this is where I am supposed to be. And I think a lot of people struggle with that, like finding their purpose or knowing where they belong. And I just, I would say like the last thing I'll say is just let yourself not need the how and just keep going. And as long as you're being honest with what you're enjoying in the moment, like you're going to figure it out and you're probably not going to figure out, figure it out until you're there. Like I didn't figure out, Oh, I want to be a life coach until suddenly yeah. I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. I'm going to be a life coach.
0: Yep. So um, since your business started in May, have have there been like moments where you've wanted to quit and felt down? And you know, what are those struggles and also yes. ce- if celebrations? If you want to um, you.
1: go to the next level of growth, start a business, it will force you <laughs> to you know look yourself in the mirror and deal with some crazy stuff. So yeah, there was there was some hard there were some hard times. Uh, when I started my business in May, it just kind of took off. It was very easy. Um, But I was very focused on the external validation. So um, I took off, I started making lots of money, I was getting clients, it was going great. And then there was two months when I didn't sign anyone, my Instagram kind of like fell off the face of the earth, it felt like, and nobody was really reaching out or seemed to be interested anymore. And so I kind of had like an identity crisis in my business. And I was like, well, what's happening? Nothing's working. I don't know what to do. Um, how do I get through this? And again, thank God for Jackie, because she just held my hand and walked me through (laughs) each week (laughs) and we got through and it was really just like a test of, do I trust myself to figure this out? Do I trust myself to do this? Even if no one's clapping, like, am I going to keep going? Even if I don't, even if I only help one person, like at one point I only had one client and Jackie was like, is that enough? is it worth it? Are you willing? Are you willing to keep going while you only have one client? And so doing that work was really like, yeah, like, I don't care if I make no money, like this is so important to me, that I just have to keep going. And it was really like doing that. It was like learning to trust myself all over again. Like I had done it in relationships, I had gotten to a really good level. And then my business was like, surprise, we have a new level for you. And so then I had to learn that level. And now it's just like, It's so worth it. I'm sure there's going to be like 17,000 other levels of self-trust and self-love, but we got through that one. So I'm feeling good.
0: (laughs) I'm actually super grateful you shared that because I started, like I have been running retreats on the side and then quit my full-time job to move to Colorado with John October 1st and October, November, December was rocking like December was cranking and then January and I haven't like for me it's all like deposits on spots on retreats and January has been hella slow and I've been like unmotivated super tired and I have like some personal changes happening in my life and that I felt very overwhelmed by and it really is just staying consistent and being like okay if I have three people come on this retreat and I don't sell it out that's okay because that's going to be a super intimate personal retreat and it's going to be incredible regardless and trying to embody that same like is this is this worth it if I'm not making a whole bunch of money absolutely it is it kind of like
1: forces you to like to remember like why did you start this in the beginning
0: (laughs) yeah yeah because it definitely is it was like Right when I right when I quit and moved, it was like, oh, my God, our manager has left. Like, I had so many going away p- presents and parties and so much love. And everyone was, like, signing up for my retreats because I had just launched all of them. And, you know, feeling and my Instagram was, like, blowing up, too. And then the last, like, three weeks, I've been like, I don't know what's going on. Like, yeah. uh, am I not manifesting hard enough? Like, yeah. what, what am I doing wrong? Um, but it's like it all works. It's okay. Like I'm in the middle of where you were. And so I totally appreciate what you you just said
1: immediately wants to go to like, what's wrong with me? Like, what, what am I doing? Like, what did I do? Like, are people like not connecting with me? Did I say the wrong thing? Like I was judging myself very harshly Mm -hmm. for those two months. And I, it was terrible. I showed up to almost every coaching call with Jackie just crying because I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And it, and it wasn't until I didn't make it about me anymore that I started seeing it pick back up. And this might not be your situation at all, which is totally fine. But for me, it was just like, what am I making this mean about me? And how can I like reconnect to the purpose of just showing up and serving no matter what? And I was, I was, no, it's, I was that, kind of that in the totally same situation where I had... <laughs> Um, I quit my, I was working a bartending job for the summer and I had just quit that job. And then September and October were just like dry. And I was like, oh no, (laughs) what have I done? I like quit my job, my third job. I like don't have the income. So now I just had my 20 hours a week for U-turn. And I was like, what am I going to do? And it was just so much pressure on myself to make money. And it just, it just didn't work until I started like pulling back and like reconnecting to the real purpose of what am I doing here? I got some, I got some work to do. The experience.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I love it. Um, well to, to wrap things up, um, what is one like little nugget of information, uh, can be a quote or something you live by
1: that you want to leave the listeners with say Your brain is so powerful. Mindset is everything. And that doesn't mean just thinking positively. Because most people, I think, when they think mindset, they're like, okay, think positive. What's good about this situation? And instead, focus on thinking intentionally. What is neutral? What does your brain already believe that feels better than what you're currently believing? Thinking about that has shifted everything for me. Rather than thinking, what's the good in this situation? What's the positive in this situation? Because it's too big of a jump. My brain is like, bullshit. That doesn't, we don't believe that. It's not going to work. So instead, think intentionally. Find the <laughs> neutral before you find the positive, And watch how powerful your brain is going to be. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for so joining the podcast. You. It was Great. so
0: fun talking to you. Oh. Uh, Oh, no. we, so we both yeah. met like through Jackie's stuff, but like, and I followed you on social media and listening to your stories and, um, but it's really nice getting to actually talk and connect with you and, and hear about why you do what you do yeah, and
1: absolutely. Uh, all so of the things.
0: So this is awesome. So it, it, are there any, you know, I will link all of your, um, your website and your Instagram and all that stuff in the show
1: notes, but if you want to just, is there anything you're working on? Uh, my program is three months long. We work one-on-one on a weekly basis. I also offer like text support so we can text in between sessions. And my program is, anyone for, or is for anyone who is single and wanting to get into a relationship, struggling with dating, uh, feeling burnt out with dating, and also people who are already in a relationship but aren't sure whether they should leave or are just generally unhappy or are feeling unfulfilled in any way. Um, my Instagram is a dating and mindset coach is what I have written there. But people with people who are in relationships are always welcome as well. Once again, thank you so much.
0: Y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to the Get Wild podcast. Once again, my name is Kelsey. Please feel free to reach out with any feedback or reviews or any input that you have. Also, I would love to have you on a retreat in 2021. You can join me in California, Tulum or Asheville. Just head to my website at getwildkelsey.com for more information. And I look forward to connecting with you and hopefully seeing you on a future yoga retreat.